All right, friends, we're in it now, Lent. What is Lent, though? Because it can degrade into, you know, simple customs. Oh, I gave up chocolate or I gave up coffee. And Lent is way more than something like that. So Lent is a kind of school. We go to school during Lent. But to learn Christ, to learn him and his way of being, it's also like training. We go back to the basics. What are the essential things in our spiritual lives? Because we never move beyond the basics in the spiritual life. Uh, so think of certain sports, baseball is coming up right now. It's spring training. So you have these incredibly gifted and incredibly professional athletes who have done a game for decades of their lives and they do the same drills as the kids who are in high school ball here at Helena, right? To get themselves back to the basics. Okay, so training. But this too, Lent is a time of battle. It is a time of battle. Listen to the opening prayer that you heard on Ash Wednesday. Grant, O Lord, we pray that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of Christian service so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint. We are called to take up battle against spiritual evils and we arm ourselves with weapons of self-restraint. Friends, those are fighting words. Those are fighting words because the Lord himself is a warrior. Jesus is a fighter. He fights for souls. And he wants a church that also is full of fighters who fight like him, but who fight. Don't just roll over. You know, C.S. Lewis, the great writer from last century, Christian writer, he, he likened the incarnation to the divine invasion. To the divine invasion. So, so God who drops clandestinely behind enemy lines at Christmas. Okay, fine. But now we get to see God who is now confirmed in his identity, baptized, right? The Holy Spirit descends. You are my beloved son. Now he goes, led by the same spirit, to do battle, to do what he is called to do, to save the world from the grip of the devil and his tactics, which lead us into sin. And that's what we see tonight in this gospel, Jesus doing battle. He goes to the desert because the desert is a place of battle. Read a good commentary from Father Simeon. He said this, Christ does not seek comfort. He goes only to places where divine battles are fought, the heart of man and the desert, where only the saint and the demon can survive. So we get this very intentional Lord who's going on our behalf to fight a battle. And we have the temptations. First temptation, Jesus is tempted to provide for himself after being hungry, to make stones bread, to satisfy himself and his need rather than relying on the providence of his heavenly father. First temptation. Second, to manipulate God, to manipulate his father, to force providence to take care of him by casting himself off the temple so that it would be a show and manipulation of God. We all can 
fall into it. And then the third temptation, the third temptation, I don't know if it's more subtle or if the devil just overplays his hand. It might be more subtle on one level, right? The devil who owns all the kingdoms of the world, careful if you get into politics, okay? The devil owns all the kingdoms of the world. They're his to give away. That's why we have to know ourselves differently. We have to know who we are as a church differently than the world. He gives them all the kingdoms if Jesus would bow down and worship him. It might be subtle, maybe, that the mission to bring the whole world under his control, right, to put the mission above who he is, to put the mission above his heavenly father. I don't know if that's subtle. I don't know if he just overplays his hand. He's tried to tempt Jesus in his human weakness. He's tried to make sure that everybody knows he's God by making him a spectacle falling from the temple and borne up by angels. And then this one is, is just brazen and that's why Jesus just says, get away, Satan. I'm, I own all the kingdoms of the world. I own all the worlds in the universe. Why would I worship you? So, I don't know. Each of these temptations, they could have their own homily. But I'm not going to go deeper into them. Because what I'd rather do is look at how Jesus fights and learn from him the tactics that he uses against our enemy. So first this. Jesus never forgets who he is. He never forgets. He never moves from the center of his identity, that he is the beloved son. Remember, right before this temptation in the desert, the heavens open, the spirit descends upon him in the waters of baptism, and the father's voice thunders, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus never forgets who he is. How often do we forget who we are. What an effective tactic of the evil one to undermine our identity, to call into question who we are. Because brothers and sisters, if you've been baptized, that same heaven opened, that same spirit descended upon your soul, that same voice of the Father claimed you and thundered you are my beloved and in Christ that's who we are how often do we forget and what an effective tactic of the evil one to undermine that identity it's right where he attacks so often he's the father of lies that's his title his father Simeon goes on, he, he says, being first of all the destroyer of sound memory, Satan wants man to forget who he truly is, to forget his origin and destination. He wants you to forget who you are. So we have to do things that remind us of who we are. Practically speaking now, every time you pray, you're reminded of who you are. 
every time you visit a chapel on campus. You're reminded of who you are. Every time you bless yourself with holy water, you're reminded that you were claimed at your baptism as a beloved son and a beloved daughter. Every time you make the sign of the cross, that you have been redeemed by Christ whose love is stronger than any power in the world. Every time you say the Our Father, you're calling upon your Heavenly Father who calls you his beloved son or daughter. Friends, this Lent, do things that remind you of who you are. All the spiritual practices that we have are meant to remind us of who we are and who we are in and through Christ, who we are in relation to our Heavenly Father. Second this, that Jesus wields the word of God as his weapon. Every one of the temptations that the evil one throws forward to him, Jesus slices right through with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's from Hebrews. Friends, we have to spend time in the word because the word of God is truth. And truth always exposes and exercises the lies of the enemy. So spend time in the Word. Each day during Lent, you should spend at least 10 minutes praying with the Word of God. Pray the daily readings of the Mass. Sit with them. Let them speak truth into your heart. Because again, our fight is against someone who is a liar, who will deceive us. And the weapon we have against that deception is the Word of God, the Word of truth, a living and effective Word. Spend time in the scriptures and do this too. Memorize some. Pick a verse a day, just one verse a day. Pray it in the morning. Have it go through your head all day long. When you're bored in class, memorize it. Read it through again and again and by the end of the day to have one verse memorized. Because notice Jesus has the Bible memorized. He knows his scripture and he knows it so that in the time of trial, in the time of temptation, he can call upon it immediately. And he slices through the lies of the evil one. And then this, Jesus is incredibly decisive. He doesn't entertain the temptations that the evil one holds out to him. He is decisive. He cuts right through them by making a clear move. And the reason he's decisive is precisely because of the first two tactics. He's decisive because he knows who he is and he has the power of the word of God at his disposal. So friends, to not forget who we are, right? To know God's word, to wield it as a weapon, and then to be decisive. That's our challenge as we begin Lent. Final word on temptations. We're all tempted, but temptation is not a sin. If it was, Jesus would be sinful. But temptation is not a sin. Temptation is actually a great opportunity. It's a bit like lifting weights. We push against something that's heavy, 
And as we push against it, the resistance makes us stronger. It's Father Simeon. He says, every evil to which we do not succumb is a benefactor. We gain the strength of the temptation we resist. So every evil we do not succumb to is a benefactor. If you find yourself tempted as you seek to get away from some things that have been enslaving you in this Lent, if you find yourself tempted as you seek to draw closer to Christ and it becomes hard or difficult or there's obstacles that are thrown up, okay, that's actually a good thing. Because here's the deal. Satan only tempts people who are moving toward God. Why would he tempt someone who's moving away from God? He has them right where he wants them. He only tempts people who are moving toward God and who can do great things for the kingdom. So when we find ourselves tempted, we have to know that we're actually a threat to the evil one. And he's trying to intimidate us, make us afraid, cause us to lose heart so we can't go forward in what the Lord has for us. Consider it a compliment if you encounter temptation. And then know this, not only is it good for us, but it's a way in which we have Jesus right with us. Jesus doesn't send us into the desert to be kicked around. He leads us. Just as he was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit, he leads us and he's with us. Jesus went through these temptations for us so that he could know from the inside out what it would be like to be human. To know the temptations that the evil one uses and to learn how to fight them, but also to show us how to fight them. So he's on our side. Hebrews says this, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tested or tempted and is like us in all things, save sin. That's who Jesus is. In your temptations, my friends, you are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. And in that is the source of our strength. And in that is the source of our hope. So as we, to go back to the opening prayer of Ash Wednesday, as we go back and begin this campaign of Christian service, and as we take up battle against spiritual evils, not only do we have the word on our side, not only do we have these tactics that Jesus teaches us, way more importantly, we have him. We have him. And the victory is his.